It's a cliche at this point because they are attached to the big four pay-per-views to always say that the NXT TakeOver that comes before a Royal Rumble, a SummerSlam, a Survivor Series, or in this case a WrestleMania, is going to, it's just going to be better than the main show. But I mean, look at the main roster right now. Look at what they've set up for WrestleMania. Stand and Deliver is WrestleMania this year. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal. A very tired Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and this is your NXT review for March 24th, 2021. And it might as well, the next three weeks might as well be called the Go Home Show to take over because Jesus goddamn Christ. Yes, we've thrown a lot of matches on there all of a sudden. Here, have a match, have a confirmation, have a card, have a match, have a confirmation, have a graphic, have a match, have a new stipulation, have a whatever. And yes, all the matches that are, are being announced, with the exception of one, we'll talk about the tag team situation in a second because that's really unfortunate, but the rest of them are all pretty much what we thought we were going to get, and people are complaining about that, but they're all going to be awesome. It's, it's, it's a very, very strange thing, but let's do the house cleaning. A little bit of house cleaning, very, very short amount of house cleaning. I just want to say that more Flix Fix is coming soon, hopefully next week after episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I saw the first episode, uh, Cole's Notes version. I think it's really good. I think it's grounded compared to WandaVision, which is what they needed to do. It's a shorter series. It's only six episodes, so that's that. And uh, we'll have some other stuff to talk about uh, in between those episodes as well. I did see the Snyder Cut, and it is very long but also very awesome and without getting into too much spoiler territory they try to throw about three other movies onto the end of it which is fine it's really good if you are genuinely a dc fan or a batman fan or a justice league fan in general and you saw the original and you didn't like it and you want you followed this sort of snyder cut story and you want to see it to its conclusion you're not going to be disappointed it is long it doesn't feel long but it is long don't drink very much I uh, don't know whether Kristen and I are going to talk about that movie very much, because I don't know if she's seen it, quite frankly, but we, we do know we have Falcon and Winter Soldier on the horizon. I will say, once again, shout out to my buddy Jake DeMarco, who uh, who sat in with me to talk about Fastlane, because, you know, we don't always talk about WWE, but Fastlane seemed particularly ridiculous, and we did a, we did a preview for that. But what I will say, within that podcast, and thank you to everybody that came and joined us in the live chat, that was a lot of fun. Uh, there w we did have, right at the beginning, a uh, pretty extensive conversation about the Lights Out match that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker had at um, on last week's episode of Dynamite. And as I said there, I'll say it here too, I take my shots at AEW a lot. And I think they're mostly deserved. Some of it is a little bit performative. You guys know I have my biases. It's why I come here to talk to you guys about NXT. But that match was phenomenal. And uh, we did. We had a pretty decent discussion about that on the Fastlane preview. So what I've done, for anybody that's interested, for anybody that didn't care what we had to say about Fastlane, and I can't blame you, uh, if you want to hear just our thoughts on the Britt Baker-Thunder Rosa match from last week, I have clipped it, I have put it up there on the channel as a mini-pod, or if you go to any podcast platform, etc., it is there as a separate episode as well. Check it out. It's about 10 minutes. I think we dissected the hell out of it, and... Uh, 
I mean that in the best way possible. Speaking of podcasts and YouTube, etc., I gotta plug the socials, don't I? I have to be the the uh, the social media shill that we're all supposed to be these days. If you wanna find me on Twitter, search Spaz Phoenix or Spaz Phoenix One. If you wanna find me on Instagram, search Spaz Phoenix. Go to Spaz Phoenix Podcast Facebook group on Facebook, obviously, but more to the point, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, you see the pretty sexy face in the gimmick hat, you want to find me in an audio platform, go to your favorite podcasting platform of choice, search Spaz Phoenix Podcast. If you are listening to me in an audio form right now and you want to see the pretty sexy face, you want to see the gimmick hat, go to YouTube, search Spaz Phoenix, or follow all the social medias that I just mentioned. I did it backwards and I almost fucked myself up there, but... Here's what I'm going to say. This is going to be a pretty short review because I'm not going to go too far into the matches like I usually do because the matches tonight were not the point. The matches tonight were secondary to get us to take over. And people ask me, people, um, I've mentioned this before, uh, Jake DeMarco, who comes on this channel and we talk extensively about NXT, but he also does other things. He does the Joe Cronin show. And right now, as I'm recording this, they're probably doing their AEW review. But I'll typically get a message, yeah, how's, how's NXT tonight? How do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be very functional. I think it's going to be very, you know, put the ball under the cup and shuffle the cups around and, that you know, get us towards takeover. It's going to put pegs in holes. It's going to put cards in slots. It's going to... Any other shitty metaphor you can talk about. This is a building block episode towards takeover, and it sort of needed to be that. It didn't need to deliver much... They announced a lot of matches this week in advance, too, which is the weird thing for a, a functional, structural-type show. But... I'm not really going to get too much into the matches. I'm going to tell you sort of loosely what happened, whereas typically I do the breakdown bit by bit by bit. And I'm going to try this and see if you guys like it, because if you guys like it, I might do it that way for a little bit going forward. Feedback is always appreciated, etc. So we started off the show this week, NXT, March 24th. Uh, we see a replay of last week, everything that happened between Balor and Cross going for the tag titles, which was retarded. Then we had the whole thing with Scarlet, where Cross turned on Balor, and in the meantime, uh, uh, what's his name, Danny Birch fucked up his shoulder. He's now, like, majorly fucked up his shoulder. They had to vacate the titles. They announced that on social media. We're going to get into that later on, because the announcement is exciting, even though I have sympathy for Danny Birch. And then we see Adam Cole arriving at the arena, which is fine. And then we kick right into, no talking segments, no nothing, right into Kyan Gonzalez versus Shirai and Stark. And this did everything that it was meant to do. You have to see that Gonzalez is a powerhouse. You got to see that Kai is still a formidable force in the women's division, even though her partner is going for the title right now and she's sort of left in a lurch. Shirai had to go in there and show what she did, and uh, I'm not going to call her Tony Stark because that's really, really shitty. Zoe Stark went in there, and as I've been saying the past couple of weeks, they're just putting the rocket up her ass, and she's done a lot of really cool shit. There was a spot in here that I just had to laugh at where Kai went for like an insiguri type thing. And Shirai threw that insiguri at Gonzalez. So she basically threw her partner's foot at her. Um, they hit that typical uh, double-team GTS that they do. Um, what can I say? What can I say? Gonzalez does that one-arm powerbomb thing that she does, and she hits a second one on Stark to get the win. Uh, Post-match, there's a beatdown because these two are the ones that are fighting. Uh, Dakota Kai kind of fades into the back. Uh, Zoe Stark kind of fades into the back. And these two who are going to be fighting on the pay-per-view, or sorry, not on the pay-per-view, on night one on the Wednesday. I don't know what, whether to call it a pay-per-view or not, whatever. 
that's another conversation for another day. But we please put the focus on the people that are about to have the title match, which is great. She does that that one arm power bomb choke slam thing that she does into the table, and the table doesn't sell for anything, does it? So she's basically smushed the spine of Yoshirai onto the table as we as we move forward. I will say again. Um, for somebody who's relatively new, Stark got some good shit in. Because she threw Dakota Kai into the post while they were brawling on the outside. And that's what you do, because Dakota Kai, she's a heel, but also she's tiny, so she can run into a post and look stupid. But then she got to do it to Gonzalez, too, which tells you something, because Gonzalez is the one that's right in the line for the title going forward at the pay-per-view. This was all really good, and it... Um, if you go back a couple weeks and you listen to the podcast that Jake and I did, and it was basically me hashing out my ideas, how I would fix, how I would change NXT. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. It took me about two months to write, and then I basically bounced it off Jake, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I part of, A big part of that was um, having a secondary show, and the secondary show would fe feature the mid-card of the women, and there would be a women's mid-card championship, and then I got into further details about that. But seriously, the way they're pushing Zoe Stark right out of the gate, I could see her holding a mid-card She's not going to be going up against Shirai anytime soon. She did in a non-title capacity. But can you not grab a couple of, like, the Dakota Kai's, the Zoe Stark's, the, uh, the other two? Uh, Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade, who we haven't seen really since they debuted. And there's a couple other odds and ends, Aaliyah and, and stuff like that. Midcard championship, but but seriously, if you want to have an instant push for this girl who hasn't been here that long, she joined NXT during the Dusty Classic. I was about to call it the May Young Classic, which it's not. Um, but make her the inaugural person to hold a midcard championship. It could be really, really good. Everybody came out of here looking good. The only one that really didn't get a focus put on them was Dakota Kai, but I don't think that hurts her. I think her her place on the NXT roster is pretty established at this point. And the match overall was really, really just good. The NXT women doing what the NXT women do. Um, we see security footage from inside Kyle O'Reilly's jiu-jitsu gym where Adam Cole walks in to attack him, but he he's at the back of the room and Cole walks into the front of the room and basically yells, so Kyle basically walks up to him and double legs him, and so that was kind of a fail. And then we see Kyle O'Reilly arriving at the arena and Roderick Strong trying to buddy up to him and basically saying there is no more Undisputed Era. And Kyle O'Reilly just looking like a sad puppy. And then, uh, I didn't write it in my notes, I know I didn't write it in my notes, but later on in the night there was a scene with Cameron Grimes, of all people, being stupid, talking about how, uh, um, how... I can't think of his name. Roderick Strong probably has a stake in the intellectual property of the Undisputed Era. They could rebrand it, they could do new t-shirts, they could do new stuff. Let me tell you how to make your money. And Strong just pouting and, like, decks him. And there's something really satisfying about Cameron Grimes getting decked. This, this hillbilly with money, Beverly Hillbillies, I shouldn't have money, but I do character that he's doing, it, it hits some weeks, and it doesn't hit other weeks. And when we're doing stuff that's like massively structural, do, going up to a massive pay-per-view that's probably not going to have Cameron Grimes on it, let's be fair, uh, I didn't need it this week. Um, Devlin hypes up his match with Kushido later on tonight. Uh, we get LA Knight versus Bronson Reed, which... I mean, Reed gets the win. Like, like, let's cut to the chase, right? He hits the tsunami. He finished it off, and very, very much like... Um, Gonzalez did in the first match. He's got his own version of the like one hand, one arm choke bomb thing, but he spins into it. And 
I don't want to be that guy, but Bronson Reed's a big dude, so if you get him to start spinning around, centrifugal force is a thing, and it looked great, and then he hits him with the tsunami, which is just a really, really big dude falling on you from a great height. But what I will say, what I do want to see, and I've never... I've never really followed the career of Eli Drake. I mean, I vaguely remember him being on the scene back in the days when I was still watching TNA. But he's really good at being a dick. And he's got, like, that hyper-annoying energy behind his dickness. See, now, if you put L.A. Knight... I was going to call him Eli Drake there. If you put L.A. Knight and The Miz together, the two of them could be something... MJF over in the other company could aspire to be one day but oh my god LA Knight on the one hand cutting his promo being all pumped up being all like hyped up on his own sauce I guess is is an expression I heard a while ago that I thought was weird and I thought I'd throw it in here um but he literally goes in talks some shit and gets absolutely trounced by by Bronzerite and it's beautiful and he gets he gets that that, that little like like that little slimy mid-card moment in the match where, okay, I've, I've thrown a few tricks in, I'm picking up, like, maybe five or six seconds of momentum, and then, boom. Bronson Reed is another one. Uh, Zoe Stark is one I mentioned it a second ago. Obviously, Raquel Gonzalez recently has been a major one. Uh, Bronson Reed is going to be a monster one day. He's fun to watch right now. He's the guy, he's in, and I hate to make this comparison because Ryback is a psychopath, but he's in that early Ryback stage where you just want to see him come in and thump people. And I think he knows that, and he's getting the most of it. Now, this was a longer match than you needed to get that done, but it's fine. Um, we go to the commentators who run us through the various, you know, details about what happened to Birch and his separated shoulder, and I don't know how I feel about this. It's something I bring up, I've brought up before on this channel, I know that. You, you don't need to show me somebody's x-ray to tell me that their shoulder is broken. I know that me being the wrestling fan that deals with non-wrestling fans that say it's not real and whatever, whatever, and I'll show them, like, a picture of Sheamus after his match with Drew on Sunday and how he's all beat to shit, and it's like, oh, how is this fake? But me being the wrestling fan actually watching the show, I don't need to see somebody's x-ray. I, I get that it has dramatic heft, and I get that to a certain level, even though he's a heel, uh, it puts sympathy and it puts understanding on the fact that he's not going to be around for a while, and that he had to vacate his title, and that Oni Lorcan sort of got fucked in the process because he can't be a tag team champion by himself. Um, but I don't know. Tell me down in the box below. I'm really curious what you guys have to say about this. Is it necessary? Like, tell us what happened to him. Tell, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got a fracture of the lower, upper, you know, whatever. I don't Medical terms are, are, are way above my head. Let's not not even pretend. Tell me in great detail what happened to him. Tell him. Tell me, you know, how he's suffering. Tell me how long he's going to be out. Tell me when you think he's going to be back. I don't need to see the broken... It, it, I'm, I'm overthinking this, and I'm aware that I'm overthinking this, but it feels like we're into his private shit now. Even though, obviously, at some point you want to believe that WWE okayed it before making that public knowledge but it still it still feels like one step into okay we're into his own shit now and I don't I don't know how to feel about it but anyways we go through further social media stuff and William Regal vacating the tag team championships and then we get the announcement that at uh, at takeover on night one so that's the night that's going to be on TV so we're still calling it a takeover we're still calling it a pay-per-view but it's happening on TV it's very it's a very unique structure this takeover and I'm sure there's pros and cons to all of it because I've never watched a 
pay-per-view with commercials, have I? Oh, no, no, no. Um, anyways, I don't know what the fuck that was. I'm very, very tired. I hope you guys are bearing with me. Um, but, who was at the top of the card? You basically got to look at the Dusty Classic and who was the winners and who were the people in the upper echelon as we winded down to the end of that tournament. So what we're getting for the vacated NXT Tag Team Champions is we're getting MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans versus Legato Del Fantasma. Now, if you consider that the third member of Legato Del Fantasma also has a title match that had a title unification match that got much more interesting later on in the night, um, potentially, Legato Del Fantasma is having a really good night at TakeOver, are they not? Um, as I say, all, all kidding aside, all sarcasm aside, Danny Birch is awesome, way underrated, way underutilized, even as a champion. I hope he heals up soon, they're saying six months. I hope Oni Lorcan doesn't get lost in the shuffle in the meantime, but what we're about to talk about kinda tells me that it will. We get a video package for Walter, who's got a match later on tonight against Drake Maverick. I wonder how that's gonna go. He's gonna die, isn't he? You know who else is gonna die? Oni Lorcan, because he thinks it's a good idea to get in the face of Karrion Cross. Now, you wanna play a good little story here as well. You wanna play the story that Lorcan is sticking up for his partner. Even even bad guys can have unity with each other. Like, you know, they've got the that loose brotherhood with Pete Dunne. It's like Pat McAfee's team, except we don't have Pat McAfee anymore. And, as we're going to talk about later on, Pete Dunne's got other things to worry about. Um, but Cross, and this this went over a commercial break as well, Cross just takes his absolute time killing Oni Lorcan. And it's not even... He baby-faced himself in this match. He, he was very much the Daniel Bryan in this scenario, the way, you know, he took ev absolutely every single beating that he could from Karrion Cross. He had his hope spots, he, he sold when he was supposed to sell, he looked dead when he was supposed to look dead. Ends with a Doomsday Saito and a Hidden Blade, and Cross gets the win. But we're really just out here, we're really just out here killing Oni Lorcan, so that Cross can be out there and cut a promo about last week's uh, incident, you know, Balor, what happened, was it? Balor shotgun drop kicked Oni Lorcan into Scarlet. It's accidental. Of course it's accidental, but it's but it's not in the in the mind of, of Cross. He cuts a promo about how last week's um, incident actually taught him something that he's been showing respect for Balor. You know, thanks for showing me who you really are, so I don't have to respect you anymore. Balor comes out and cuts this weird promo because he comes out there and he says, you know what? Last week, you, you showed me a bit of weakness. I know where your weakness is, obviously, implying Scarlet. You know, the reason I've gotten to the way where I am right now, I've gotten rid of emotion. I've gotten rid of feeling. I've, I've been able to be cold, I've, and being cold made me untouchable. And he says, you know, young in your career, your, your emotions are demons. And that has to be intentional. I'm sorry, I, I'm not one that's going to go looking for Easter eggs like the typical MCU fan that I am, but you don't, you cannot script a Balor promo with the word demon unless you're doing the demon because fans will rip you a new asshole. It, 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 it is, it's fine. And they, you know, basically talks about being untouchable. He's like, you're going to, you're going to choke him. And he, he went into this other really weird thing. He's like, when you, when I, when you go face to face with me at the pay-per-view, the pay-per-view is sort of my domain. I'm the champion. You're going to be tested and either you're going to rise to the occasion. You're going to put your emotions aside and become cold like I am, or I'm going to drag you into the deep water and I'm going to drown you. Bal the, the weird thing about Balor's promos, right, is he always sort of has there's always a bit of metaphor to it, and there's always a little bit of layering to it, but there's 
always a little bit of a stumble. And I hate it, and I hate saying that because I'd rather have people come out there and try to shoot, um, you know, shoot at least semi-shoot rather than just have every single word scripted for you. But it's like, it's like he's got a perfect bullseye of an idea, perfect bullseye of a metaphor, perfect bullseye of a message, perfect bullseye of a whatever you, whatever it is that you need to pull from a promo, and he's just off the mark, which is more frustrating for me as a fan of Balor than than somebody just going out there and cutting a shitty promo. Because if you're that close, that's going to bother me. Anyways, will you cut to William Regal in the back and he just says, well, it's time to address Johnny Gargano in his championship, which is great. And he puts, and even I will admit, I defend NXT a lot because they've done a lot of different goofy things. They have, and I admit that. And Johnny Gargano with the North American Championship is already goofy enough, but Regal says, we need to establish a brand new number one contender for the North American Championship for Johnny Gargano for night two of TakeOver. So here we go. We're going to have a 12-man battle royal on NXT. And we're going to take the last six men of that 12-man and we're going to put them in a gauntlet match. The order of that gauntlet match is going to be determined by what order they left the battle royal that gauntlet match of six guys is going to take place on night one, which is the televised portion of TakeOver, and then the winner of that is going to go face Johnny Gargano on night two. And it's kind of cool, it's kind of different. They're always trying to put a new spin on, hey, let's just have a battle royal, we'll pick a brand new, brand new number one contender out of a hat. I know that they're trying to elevate it past that, but it's just, it's convoluted in a way that even me, the you know, dyed-in-the-wool friggin' NXT fan to my last day. I can't defend how convoluted this is. It's gonna be fun. Battle Royals are always fun. Gauntlet matches are always fun. You don't need to have both. I think that's, that's a bit too much. And for the people that are looking to criticize, the people that are looking to criticize, the JDs and the Sidgwicks of the world, let's just say, they're gonna tear this apart. And this is where I can't really defend it. Now, whoever it's going to be is going to be great. Now, Loomis is in there, and if it's Loomis, I'm going to eat my fucking hat. And that's going to be really unfortunate, because that's going to be really bad for my digestive tract. But look at some of the people that are in this. Kushida, who's been in the title picture before, we know this. Reed, who said a while ago he was setting his sights on that title. Austin Theory, which would be a cool story, because A, people would be mad that he's on their television screens, and I would laugh. But B, there's also the story with the way LA Knight, is in there, and he's not going to win. He's going to get a comical elimination by Bronson Reed, isn't he? Uh, Tyler Rust is in there, which is cool. Let him get a couple spots in and get out. Jake Atlas. I really want Jake Atlas to do, to try to do the top rope cartwheel DDT and somebody just boots him out. That, that would just be... like I know he's supposed to be the good guy and whatever, but he's just got a really punchable-looking face. Leon Ruff. Copy-paste what I just said about Jake Atlas. Dexter Loomis. I've gone to nauseam about what I think about Dexter Loomis. Uh, Cameron Grimes is... It's going to be a gimmick more than a match if that happens. Roderick Strong is in here, and I've, I'm sorry to everybody else in this match. Roderick Strong seems so above this, like, sort of everybody-do-whatever-you-want battle royal gauntlet type stuff. And that's really terrible, because, like I say, I like Kushida, I like Theory, I like... Um, some of the other people I'm going to talk about in a second, but Strong feels like he shouldn't be in this, and it's not a detriment to him 
is the way I'm going to say it. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott is in there, which is really cool. I'd love to see Swerve Scott versus Gargano because you could have you could have a really cool heel dynamic because Gargano is a wacky, nerdy, goofy loser heel, and Swerve is the heel that's thinking he's cool with a with a shred of violence tossed in on top. That could be that could be a very cool match. And the last one, the one that I'm really pulling for, if it's not Austin Theory, um, is Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne getting the North American Championship would be great. It would be great counter to uh, something we're going to talk about in a second because I'm just, I'm strange and I find really weird things amusing. Kushida cuts a quick promo on the match that he's going to have with Devlin later on tonight, puts him over, but you know. You're a nice guy, I respect you, you're a great champion, but hey, I gotta kick your head off, basically, in Japanese. So, I'm not saying anything against people that speak other languages, but I'm also not gonna read subtitles, so there's that. Walter versus Drake Maverick, how does it go? Well, how do you think it goes? Power slam, power bomb, single leg crab on an unconscious Drake Maverick, and the referee calls for the match. Champa comes out, he stares down Walter. He said, a couple weeks ago, I said, you intrigue me, but I was I was lying. I was wrong. I wasn't quite clear. And he says, that intrigues me. And he points at the UK title. Now, there's going to be crossover. They're going to do something. They're going to do anything to get you to pay attention to some of the people from NXT UK. Because NXT UK, even when the ongoing Global Bastard is over, NXT UK is still going to struggle to get traction. Because I don't think anybody's watching it right now. Even me. So, Ciampa versus Walter was always going to be a thing. Like, that's a fight card, that's a graphic, that's an exhibition. Now, as excited as I was about that prospect, I never considered the NXT UK Championship being on the line, for various logical reasons. He lays out a challenge, you know, everybody wants to see a you need, you need it, I need it, the world needs it, that kind of thing. Way too many people are saying that recently. He lays down a challenge for TakeOver. He slaps him in the face. He gets a three-on-one beatdown. Uh, they they beat him up, and Walter does, you know, the big, huge chops, and the, I think he did the powerbomb as well. They rip that necklace off of Champa's neck, and I don't know. Somebody can tell me, somebody that's followed Tommaso Ciampa in the Indies or whatever, is there a known significance to that thing that he always wears around his neck, or is that just something we're going to find out next week? Now, not only that, but he gets him down on the... the Members of Imperium get him down on the ground. Walter leans down with Ciampa face down on the ground, leans down with a knee on the back of his neck. Now, imagine how massive Walter is um, leaning down with his knee on the back of anybody's neck, let alone Ciampa's very, very publicly, surgically repaired neck. And, and he just starts shouting at him, I'll see you at TakeOver! I'll see you at TakeOver! And then all you see is Ciampa reaching for that necklace. So there's going to be a story there. It's going to be, you know, my great, 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 grandfather got that necklace from a hooker or something along those lines. I don't really know. Pete Dunne is in the back talking about how he's the best technical wrestler in the world and nobody's stepped up to prove him wrong yet. He's going to go into the Battle Royal. He's going to get a shot at the NXT uh, North American Championship, which is really, I think it's very, very funny that on the same show you've got Tommaso Ciampa going for a UK title and Pete Dunne going for a North American title. I think, I, I just think that's... It's weird. It's not not weird. It's funny to have somebody not from the UK go for the UK title on the same night that somebody not from the not from North America. I was going to say the US, but that's on SmackDown, isn't it? Or Raw. 
I don't know. It's the main roster. It doesn't matter. Uh, going for the North American Championship. I think there's a good weird, weird dichotomy there. Uh, we see Robert Stone in the back, and he's trying to butter up Mercedes Martinez because they need her help. Jesse Camilla got injured in training, whatever the case may be. Hopefully she doesn't have COVID. Uh, Aliyah needs a partner tonight because she's going to take on Shotzi Blackheart Number Moon for the Tag Team Championships, and she agrees if Robert Stone agrees to double his price. And it's fine. Robert Stone's like, oh, I've got no money, but we're going to have titles soon. And, he, you know, he's being an idiot. He's Tony Khan cosplay, is he not? Um, obviously, it's never going to hurt my feelings to see a video package on my girl Shotzi Blackheart. And then we get the match between Shotzi, Ember, Aaliyah, and Mercedes Martinez. And obviously, Mercedes Martinez looks awesome. My girls look awesome. Aaliyah's there to get the pin. Feel kind of bad for my hometown girl, but it is what it is in the back while they're celebrating, while they're being interviewed and whatever. Oh, we're going to, you know, we're fighting champions and we're champions and it's all, it's all good and it's all wonderful. We'll defend these against anybody. And right on cue, the girls from the way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, or Indy Wrestling, I should say, pop out of the, uh, pop out of uh, William Regal's office. And we don't see William Regal, so it's just been staged in front of William Regal's office. He says, you know, we're the real champions. We're going to come at you on our time, on our stage, which is clearly going to be takeover. Um, they don't. It's one of the matches we don't get confirmed tonight because they confirm a whole bunch of shit that we're going to talk about in a second uh, as we go through the show tonight. Because we started breaking down what was on what night as well, which don't know if I'm entirely on with that. Um, during the during the fast lane preview, Jake and I talked about this quite a bit. Um, he's, he's very much in the camp of he wants to know what's on what night, more so for WrestleMania because people buying tickets want to know what they're buying tickets for. But as somebody, as somebody that's watching from home and a night, a show being split over two nights, I don't know that I want to know what's coming next. I, I want to know what's on the card, obviously, but I don't know that I, I gain or if I take away uh, by knowing what's happening on what night. I mean, obviously, main titles are going to be main events of major shows and, and that type of thing, but for the rest of it, there could be something gained by letting it be a surprise. Uh, Devlin versus Kushida is good until it's not. There's a cool inside-out uh, moonsault to the floor by Devlin at one point. Phantasma show up on the ramp. They get involved. They pull out Devlin. Devlin still manages to scramble back in the ring after a whole lot of convoluted pin reversal sequences. He gets the win. Kushida, mad that Phantasma have taken you know, his glory away, his chance to beat a champion away, he goes and fights them up the ramp. And by Phantasma, I just mean Wild and Mendoza, because their leader is off doing more important things. But he does a dive off the stageway as it is, and just basically, he's not defending Devlin, who he was just fighting, who's obviously a heel. But it it is sort of that ultimate good guy, like, don't get in my match, I didn't, I didn't want to win it that way, type thing. And then they all fade to the backside. And then... Oh my god. And then you get a stare down between Devlin and Escobar and they do the whole CM Punk John Cena holding up the two identical titles thing. And that's enough. That's enough to get me excited for a paper. And then out of nowhere, and I'm so glad I wasn't watching Twitter because I was watching my TV on a bit of a delay because NXT is actually on a proper TV channel here now in Canada. It's good till they bring it to Tuesdays and fuck me over again. That's fine. Whatever. Shawn Michaels music comes out, and I figure he's going to cut a promo, he's going to put these guys over, whatever. He just, he gets this really weird look, he doesn't even say anything. He just goes under the ring, and he pulls out a ladder, and he chucks it in the ring between Devlin and Escobar, and he just leaves. 
and they look at the ladder, and they look at each other, and they look at each other's titles, and that's about it. We are getting Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar title for title for the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Championship in a ladder match at a takeover. That is fucking phenomenal. That wasn't even needed. And it's just awesome for the sake of being awesome. It's fucking great. And then, and then we get into the main, main event segment here. And I got two things to say about it. A, I'm really excited about the match. I really, really am. And we knew it was going to be some no-DQ match of some description. But uh, Adam Cole is a really funny guy. And Kyle O'Reilly is a really funny guy. They're both characters. They both, uh, uh, what's the expression they use? They, they both got a lot of banter, you know? And neither one of them had any of it. Adam Cole, as an asshole, cuts a much more convincing asshole promo. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is telling an is is telling an angry promo but like trying to make it sound sad at the same time and this is the guy that air guitared his tag team championship to the ring back when there was crowds back in the before time in the long long ago when there was crowds um i don't know that their promos did anything but basically regal came out to make them sign the contract and they were signing the contracts basically in the dark, which was also weird, which is not, you know, WWE, or NXT to specifically go a little bit far into the melodramatic thing, and if that's not your thing, then that's fine. I'm driven to this match by how fucking good it's going to be. But, um, basically, they said Kyle O'Reilly's still not cleared. NXT, once this contract is signed, NXT is held harmless of all in injuries suffered by other guys. Basically, it's a no-rules, no-liability, unsanctioned match, and it's going to be the co-main event of night two of TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. As I said, uh, I was able to skip through the matches, realistically speaking, uh, touched on some of the things that I thought were relevant from the matches or the stuff that was leading to the show. Um, might might uh, might do this a bit more, but this was so, so glaringly a structural, let's put the pieces, I, everything I said at the beginning of the pod, um, let's put the pieces in place, let's make the announcements, let's get the matches announced, let's get the graphics out there. It was so, it was so, let's do a little bit of the background work episode that I don't, I, I think the matches fell to the background this week, and I think that's okay, because honest to Christ, look at this card, we're going to talk about the card in a second, if this card was happening in, in Barclay Center, or the Staples Center, or god damn it, bring it over here to the Sky Dome or something, this, this would be the best takeover. This would be the best takeover that there's been. Maybe because Sasha Banks isn't on it. That, there's an argument to be made there. But this is a WrestleMania-sized takeover. And I'm not, I'm not stretch, stretching that into hyperbole. This is, the first, this is the first takeover that there's been this many titles on the line. This is the first takeover where we've tried to encapsulate this many stories. The first takeover where we're going to have a gauntlet match, for one thing. If the world was normal, I, and I want you guys to be on it, please, I know, I, usually I just say put something down in the box below because YouTube yells at me because I don't have enough interaction on here, but please put it down in the box below. If we were in normal times, if this was in a re reasonably sized stadium, or even if this got into, into a normal size arena, like if they were doing this in, in the Thunderdome, but the Thunderdome actually had people in it, would you take this entire card in one night and sit and watch it? We've watched eight, nine-hour WrestleManias that were not as good as this show is going to be. And it's kind of heartbreaking 
that the first half of it is going to be broken up by commercials. Um, this, this is going to be a fucking amazing show. So, let's talk about the amazing show. Just what we know so far. Just what we know so far. Because we don't know who, uh, we don't have the match confirmed just yet. The uh, Women's Tag Team Championship match between The Way and Shotzi and Ember. That's going to happen. It's going to come. It's going to come down the pike. But, I mean, night one, we've got the Gauntlet Eliminator to establish the number one contender for Johnny Gargano. We've got the Triple Threat for the Tag Team Championships. We've got MSK versus GYV versus Legato Del Fantasma. You've got Champa versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship. You've got Gonzalez versus Shirai on that card as well. Now you flip over to night two, you've got Gargano versus... I'm, I'm assuming the women's tag match is going to go on, on night two. Uh, it's, it's not been confirmed, it's not been announced, whatever. But you've got, potentially, Shotzi and Ember defending against The Way. Gargano versus whoever wins the Gauntlet Eliminator, hopefully Pete Dunne. you got... Escobar Devlin in a fucking ladder match. You've got Kyle versus Cole in an unsanctioned match. I guess it's their version of a lights out match, or it's their version of an exploding barbed wire, but there's actually going to be pyro, so it's fine. And then you got Cross versus Balor for the NXT Championship. Please, 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 I dare you. I dare you to poke a hole in this. The Gauntlet Eliminator thing, I'll give you that. The Gauntlet Eliminator off the back of a battle royal is convoluted as fuck. I will give you that. I will give you that. Wipe that off the card. Tell me the rest of it. The, the Again, I, I'm going to say it again so you guys know how excited I am. Because you guys know when I'm tripping over my words, it's because I'm very excited. Gauntlet Eliminator, take it off the card. But even then, you've got the triple threat. You've got the UK title match. You've got the women's title match main eventing night one. You've got the women's tag, title, eh, the women's tag team championship match in there somewhere. Night two gets you Gargano versus the Gauntlet Eliminator winner. It gets you Escobar versus Devlin in a fucking ladder match to unify the titles. Kyle versus Cole in an unsanctioned match that's probably going to steal the night. And Cross versus Balor for the championship. And I guarantee you, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're getting the Demon. I'm pretty confident that we're getting the demon. And that doesn't make everything all better, but it's sure as hell better than Melted Frankenstein. I like the Fiend in Alexa Bliss, but goddamn Melted Frankenstein with his cock fingers sticking up out of the ring ain't it. Ain't it at all. This is fucking awesome. I hope you guys are excited as I am, and, uh... That's all I got. <laughs> I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, tagging out. Bye, guys.